Hello, wonderful people. I'm Cvetomir. And I would rather do something else right now. Secrets They Want You To Know is a podcast about being 100% authentic. Yes, you will find what people did to accomplish the things they have accomplished, but you will also learn about their secrets. The secrets many feel uncomfortable sharing with a friend, let alone strangers on a podcast. People always want to make a good impression and show their best side. But that doesn't serve others. We end up idolizing successful people, distancing ourselves from them, making them superior in our own mind, instead of realizing that they're similar to us in more ways than they're different. That's why I search for people that have been able to achieve something exceptional and ask them uncomfortable questions. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this new episode. And today we have a guest, the first guest actually for the series. So her name is Radust, and Radust is a graphic designer. She's also an incredible person. She completely reinvented herself multiple times throughout her life, managed to constantly push herself out of her comfort zone and become the youngest graphic designer in her agency working with some of the best people in the industry. She also managed to do all of that within about three years time. And not only that, but she also managed to win my heart and has been an incredible partner for the last seven years of my life. So can you share a summary of your story, Rados? Can you uh, share how you got to this point, to this moment in your life? How did you get here? Mm-hmm. Okay, so first of all, I wanna say hi, everyone. <laughs> And um, yeah, so summary of my story. Well, uh, well, basically, I was um, when I was a teenager. I I just was a very depressed person. Like I I always like uh, suppress my emotions and always felt like like an an, an empty shell, basically, and. Um, yeah, like um, at school, it wasn't like the easiest time of my life because like I had to deal with uh, a lot of bullies and um, uh, yeah, it, it wasn't a pretty story. But after uh, me and uh, CJ like met, like everything, you know, everything changed. Um, he managed to really um, open my eyes for for the world around me and he showed me like a completely new new options and just everything become nicer and slowly he he changed me and um like i'm grateful that he he is a part of my life and like um, yeah he just he just made me a much better version of uh of uh, myself all right but uh this isn't about me this isn't about you this is about <laughs> your success okay this is about you being a true version of yourself and showing your vulnerability so this is going to be actually a pretty challenging uh you know episode potentially for you now most of the questions are pretty reasonable but as we go on you're gonna find that some of the later questions are gonna be more difficult to answer and it may make you feel uncomfortable. And I just want to let you know that 
answering any of the questions is 100% optional. And if you feel uncomfortable, you just have to say that you don't want to answer it. Okay. And um, all right. So how would you describe who you are right now with one or two sentences? Well, to be 100% honest, uh, right now I'm still like not completely sure. Uh, right now I'm working on on uh, myself because yeah, right now I'm um, like much more positive person and uh, I'm I'm confident. Um, I, I'm also improving myself, but uh, there is like still a lot of things that I wish um, I. I, I can improve. So um, right now I'm really happy with the version I'm, but like I have like bigger bigger ambitions than for for how how I see myself. And uh, yeah, but overall I'm pretty happy with my current life. All right, but we're being incredibly general right now, right? About your story, about who you are. So, like, just summarize who do people see you as? Maybe that's going to be an easier way to put it. Like, what do you work? What kind of a person you are? Mm -hmm. Okay, so, well, I I see myself as, as a very um, determined person and um, a really hardworking one. Um, I'm also creative and um, I really like to use to use my my uh, my my imagination and um, um, I also really like analyzing and always I'm I'm always trying to think like deeper and um, just yeah like and Will they work? Well, like you said, graphic design. <laughs> yeah, okay, so I can feel that you're incredibly shy right now. I can feel <laughs> I can feel this uh, amount of torture that they're making you go through. And I can also <laughs> see that, you know, um, you, you don't like bragging about yourself. You don't like uh, talking about your accomplishments. That makes you feel uncomfortable. Would you say that is correct? Uh, yeah, that's... That is true. Yeah, I can see it because, you know, uh, when I asked you, like, okay, so what do you work? You just said, oh, I'm a graphic designer, <laughs> right? You're much more than that. You're somebody that, uh, you know, within three years, you're working with a great agency and you're the youngest uh, person there. You're, work you're working with uh, people that have worked for, uh, you know, huge companies. How old are you? 21, soon to be 22. <laughs> 21, soon to be 22. Great. And, you know, it took you about three years to get to that point in your life. I know that because, I mean, we're partners, so of course I do. But, you know, <laughs> most people take four years to finish, to graduate college. And once they graduate college, they usually struggle to find a great job or maybe they start working something they don't fully enjoy. And, you know, like it, it takes a certain type of person, a certain type of determination to be able to do so much within three years. So you mentioned that I helped you, you know, I helped you by opening your eyes, telling you about different possibilities, all kinds of things. Hmm. But, you know, I couldn't help you if you didn't have the desire within yourself 
to do those things. So what are the desires that really pushed you to keep going, to keep uh, learning graphic design, to keep improving? Because I know it's incredibly difficult when you start. So basically what, what, what made me continue pushing when time was like uh, situations were tough, basically. That's what you're asking me. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I just like, when I, when I want something, I, until I get it, I, I won't stop. Like a trait of mine is that I am very stubborn. So yeah, like, I had a lot of difficulties, especially at the beginning when I started to learn uh, logo, logo design, for example. Mm-hmm. And I, re- I just remember, like, many many designers can, can re- relate to that when, uh, or more like the ones who are using il- Illustrator. Like, um, when you're a newbie, a total newbie, and you, and you don't know what the fuck you're doing with that program, like... It's very hard. It's hell. At least it was hell for me. But um, and I and I just remember those moments where I was like looking at the screen, like, oh, why don't you work? What what I'm doing wrong? And um, in those moments, I I just remember how frustrated I was. But then I just go. Uh, relax a little bit, and then after let's say thirty minutes, I. I came back and I looked at the problem and like it's like I had the answer for for that particular problem and then everything solved and I applied that uh, process every time I I had a problem or more like I just I tried not to 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 feel negative all the time you know I just wanted to think rationally and to see, okay, so we have a problem problem here, how we can solve it. Okay, okay, uh, yeah. I, I can see that, uh, you know, uh, but there must, be, there must be some like big desires behind that because why would you keep pushing when it's difficult? Uh, you know, I was there when you were doing all of that. So uh, I know what you went through. You had to learn how to use a graphics tablet for the first time. You had to learn how to use, you know, all these Adobe programs like Adobe Illustrator and Photoshop. And, you know, that that isn't an easy feat, uh, you know, and also like your Bulgarian English is not your first language. So going through tutorials and other things, it was also quite a challenge. And when you combine all of this and you put the pressure on top of that to make money, right, it, it can be very challenging. It can make it easier to quit. So to keep pushing there must be something behind it. There must be some kind of a strong desire, something that is important to you. And I'm trying to discover what was the thing that drove you to keep pushing past all these difficulties? Well, mm, at the beginning, it was just the, the desire to start making money since like, I I I also really wanted to be to be independent and provide for for uh, myself. I just wanted to feel um, calm and kind of like secure. Mm-hmm. And and um, I think that's one of the like major things that uh, kept me like going all the time. And um, 
another another thing that I I kind of like struggle is uh, I don't want to disappoint people when when I make a promise. So I made I told everyone that I'm gonna be a graphic designer or more like I'm gonna learn logo logo design. Mm-hmm. And um, once I said that, I was like, okay, so there's no going back. And uh, I just kept pushing. And when you combine that with my stubborn stubbornness and like not wanted to quit, like it just happened eventually. And of course, you, you you also pushed me. Like I remember there were a lot of times at the beginning where I was like, that's it. I give up. I don't want to do this anymore. But then you you came and you basically showed me that like that's not the right way. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, yeah, you know, the the kind of people that uh, always want to keep their promise, that always keep their word, are uh, are usually doing it because they care about you know either their own opinion of themselves or the opinion of others. So you have turned this, uh, perhaps you know I'm making assumptions here, but I'm guessing it's probably you consider it a weakness to want to appeal to others and to want to be perceived in a certain way. But you found some strength in that. You use it to your advantage by promising others that you're going to be a graphic designer. And uh, you didn't want to be perceived as a failure. You wanted to succeed. Uh, and in that way, you motivated yourself. And, you know, that's a, that's a pretty common goal with people. You know, they want to be independent. They want to work for themselves from home. Uh, they don't want to work for like a standard nine to five job like many people do. And that, that's a standard motivation. But how would you describe, like, if you had to put it in one sentence, what was your initial goal when you decided to first become a graphic designer? Mm. Probably, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to work a shitty job. Like, cause mm-hmm. I, I saw my, my parents and everyone around me who was struggling and how unhappy they were. And, um, at first I thought, okay, so that's going to be me in a few years. But then after I, I realized, wait a moment, like you can actually sit at home doing what you like and mm-hmm. people pay you for that. And to me, that sounded like incredible at first. And I was like, oh my God, okay, let's do it. How how can I implement that? Right. So yeah, I think that was like the major thing that really started this, all this. Yeah. Okay, and what has this goal that you had back then turned into right now? I'm guessing, you know, this goal has transformed into something else now that you actually are working from home, now that you can actually, you know, work as a graphic designer. So what has this goal transformed into? So what is my current goal right now? Yeah. Mm. Okay, so mm, right now my goal is to just, like, keep keep improving because, like, I always sit high higher and higher and higher higher standards for what for what they want to achieve so um, i just want to keep improving and improving and um my other goal is like at first it was like the money and the uh, 
and yeah, well, it was basically money, but now I, I don't have that problem anymore. So my current focus is uh, on a personal development. And basically I want to discover more, more about myself. Right. So you went from, you know, having this goal of, oh, if I can only work from home, if I can only make a certain amount of money, everything's yeah. going to be great. And you started doing it, you saw that there's much more to it. And then you ended up realizing that, oh, wait, you know, that life is not only about working from home and making money. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's not enough. You want more, you want to do something better. And then you saw that, oh, wait, well, I, I can't live better unless I work on myself, unless I um, can manage my own psychology and how I can be happy and how I can be satisfied mm -hmm. and control my behaviors. And basically right now, uh, this goal of becoming a graphic designer that can you know make money uh, from what uh, they're doing and work from home uh, from you know doing something you're passionate about has transformed into working on yourself and mm. improving yourself and in in what way would you say you, you want to improve yourself what is your actual goal with self uh, improvement well for starters i just like mm, okay so uh back uh back then when when i was at school like um i i had this character that 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 basically i he was a role model for me and um i basically copied him in every way but after um i grew older i i stopped like see see him as a role model and in a way Right now, I just feel not like lost, but more like unsure of uh, what who who I really am. So right now, if 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 I have to say it, I'm I'm just seeing myself as as if I'm on a journey to discover my true self and uh, potential and stuff. Okay, so you had a role model the shapes who you are and now you see mm. that you know maybe you don't want to be that person you're trying to uh, discover yourself and you're on, on a journey of self-discovery and who was this character <laughs> oh my god <laughs> okay uh okay so who it was uh <laughs> oh my god <laughs> this is so embarrassing but whatever uh, so this character was uh, Sa Sasuke Uchiha. <laughs> yeah, that's a character from in uh, from Naruto. Your typical edgy emo style boy character who is like very gloomy and dark and uh, mysterious. And um, recently, I actually like literally um, last night. I, I discovered that for more than six years, I have uh, copied him. Like, um, when, basically, when I was little, um, I couldn't, like, pick, okay, so I like this trait, I'm going to get it. I like this, I'm going to get it. No, I have to pick up everything from him. And, um, yeah, he, he really helped me a lot uh, when... when um, when when I was bullied, he really helped me cope cope with everything. But like right now, this is not this is not working anymore. I'm I'm not bullied anymore. I mm -hmm. 
I have like much bigger goals and 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 ambition. Uh, I mean ambitions. So this character have to stay in the past. I right now I knew I I I need a new version of of me. Naruto Sasuke. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, look look um you know children are very impre- impressionable. Uh they they get all kinds of role models. You know, there's there's much weirder ones than that, you know. Uh, one of the main characters in a popular anime series, that's not a weird role model at all. That's actually pretty common. So, uh, you know, uh, when it comes to Naruto, I've had my fair share of role models also. I've had many. But one of the Naruto ones was Kakashi-sensei for me. So, yeah, you know, it, it can be cringy now that we look back at our past and, you know, think, uh, you know, like adults. But, you know, that's children. Okay, we were children. It's part of the past. And even though it's part of the past, it can still affect us greatly, right? Uh, our past shapes our future very often. And that is because children, you know, they, they imitate the kind of behavior they, they see. That's how they create their model of the world and how everything works and how they should behave. And that can lead to some very awkward personalities and some very like, you know, uh, it, it can lead to all kinds of issues, really. I'm not going to go into depth yeah. into that, but uh, I can see how now that you're older and now that you know that, you know, uh, Sasuke was your role model, you obviously <laughs> want to change that. I just remember, like, um, one of the most cringiest moments in, like, <laughs> in the entire anime, and I'm just, like, lo- looking back, and I and I'm saying to myself, why did I pick why why did I pick him up? Like this is ridiculous. <laughs> and like like my my reaction last night when I when I came to this realization, I, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> my life is a joke. <laughs> like <laughs> I still cannot believe it. Like it's it's a serial thing. Um, all our lives are jokes. I mean, you know, <laughs> everything that happens to us, it's just like oh. r- random to a large extent. You know, uh, we are often victims of our circumstances, but that doesn't mean we cannot change them. That doesn't mean, you know, we can't do anything about it. Uh, nobody really mm. can choose as a child what environment they grow up in, what kind of parents they have. Uh, we cannot even choose what we decide to like or what influences us. So, you know, it's perfectly fine. And I, I don't think there's anything to be ashamed of because you didn't have any control over that. That's that's like being mm. ashamed of, you know, your parents, you know, being gay or something. It's not something you have control over. So, uh, yeah, you shouldn't give a shit about this. That's how I see it, at least. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, like, I, I am not ashamed of that. Like, uh, back then, I just... I guess I I needed a a person like that in my in in my life to just like help me cope with everything because at times it was like really hard. So this character basically he he didn't all, uh, also give me like bad traits. He also gave me a lot of good traits like hardworking and um always like want to improve your yourself and not be satisfied with uh like minimal stuff mm-hmm. yeah there is strength in every weakness and there's weakness in every strength 
and mm. yeah you know I, i'm just saying that you shouldn't be ashamed because i noticed that it was a little difficult for you to admit this you know on this podcast i, I can see it i can see it in your expressions and everything it's <laughs> it's natural uh you know for you to struggle with something like that you know, this is yeah. something you've just discovered and you're not proud of it you kind of wish it, it wasn't the case and maybe you even feel a little bit ashamed maybe emotionally you feel ashamed like logically you understand that it's normal it's not something to be ashamed about but on some level there's some part of you that doesn't fully accept that yes my life was shaped by sasuke right <laughs> but yeah like i told you we don't decide this but moving on yeah. so you know from from being that kid that was bullied and being that kid that didn't know what to do uh to today you know, being a designer that is successful, you know, you're making a good amount of money for your age mm -hmm. and for everything, considering, you know, you work from home, you can work from anywhere, you work with some of the best people in the industry. So when you think about this whole journey, what are the, I know there's many struggles along the way that you had to face naturally, but what were the two, like, most major struggles that you faced, you know? from being frustrated to wanting to quit to finding freelancing projects along the way to doing all mm -hmm. these things. What are the two most harsh struggles you faced? Mm, definitely like it was um, how I viewed myself as, as a person because um, mm. even, even, even like now I'm still struggling in, in a way like with this because um uh before i just saw myself as a like a person that couldn't do shit basically i was so constantly like, judging myself and i had like a really low 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 um opinion of um of uh, myself mm -hmm. and yeah and um it was really like stopping me in a way to uh, to uh, develop what i really wanted mm. but yeah like right now i i still face similar problems but it's much more manageable and i think that mm, i i don't dare dare to say like in one year or or less but i i really hope that i can change myself for for the better Mm -hmm. And to stop finally just like feeling constantly under pressure and pretending and I just want to embrace my true unique self. <laughs> Amazing. And, you know, like struggling with the way you view yourself, how did that hold you back? Why was it a struggle? Well, you just that you cannot like... At least that that's the case with me. Mm, I cannot first I I cannot enjoy the work I'm doing because I'm always like okay so let's say I have creating uh, I mean I have created a painting and like I'll uh, and when I show it to others they're like oh my god like that that's that's amazing and then I I I'm just sitting there like no it's not enough like more you need that's garbage you need more 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 
And um, that's really sad because I, I knew that in order for me to create this painting, I had to put a lot of effort and uh, passion and knowledge. But, and after all, all of these things, in, and then you just like shit it completely. Like you just cannot enjoy the process first and, um, and, um, and the whole result. Cause you just laugh, cause you, cause you just have this low opinion of of uh, of uh, yourself mm -hmm. okay so you basically always critique yourself you were over critical with yourself and the, the way you yeah. viewed the things you did you you always thought like that's not good enough i'm not good enough i should do better and even when people complimented you and they said you know that painting you created it's mm -hmm. amazing you would still go and shit on yourself and you know make yourself feel bad hmm. yeah yeah okay so that's the first struggle. And what was the, can you share the solution you found for this? And I know you haven't solved it completely, but what have you found mm. that helped you with this? Well, what helped me? Mm. Okay, let me think a little bit. Mm. What helped me? Just like, mm. first of all, I, uh, I knew that uh, this won't be easy to uh, tackle. Like, especially since um, for so many years I had like this this uh, rooted belief. So um, slowly I started to just starting to have little insights about why uh, my current thinking is um, it's not good for me. Um, I also started to seek more deeper meanings and um, just, just to see more options. Because before I always thought like in a black and white, like it's either this or it's either that. Mm -hmm. But uh, right now I'm trying just to, um, to see the different like grays, right? In between. Mm. So I think this really helped me. And um, the other thing that really helped me just like, um, I just started to change how I view things in general. Cause once you realize that just something you view or more like you view, you view in, in a certain way, it's, it's uh, not helping you, but it's harming you. Like, I think there is the actual magic that that really happens and it it helps you build and um, and grow as as um as a person. Mm -hmm. Okay so For it example. was it was many different things that uh you know contributed to your to you solving this issue with the way you view yourself. It's changing your views, it's learning new things about yourself. It's learning things that are nice about you and fi finding reasons to like yourself not only searching for others approvals i'm guessing also yeah like basically here is the here's the thing first when you want to change how you view yourself you should first and foremost realize okay i'm judging myself i'm doing this to myself i'm doing that uh when you after you realize that you instead of you hating yourself oh my god how 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 can i 
How can I do this to me? Just like accept the fact that you have harmed your harmed you yourself, but um, after that, just just try to be more. Um, don't don't be so harsh on on uh, on uh, you on yourself. Be gentle and forgive yourself and start like start from scratch again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's that's something very easy to say. You know, be gentle on yourself. Don't be harsh on yourself. But just like you described, the way to actually accept yourself is to first understand why you do the things you do. If there is a, yeah. if there is a, you know, a, a pattern in your life that maybe you beat yourself up and you look down upon yourself, or maybe mm. you know you do something else that is harmful to you in some way, uh, something that is not, you know, at first when you look at it, it doesn't seem as something positive. Try to understand the reason. I often tell my clients that every behavior is there to serve us and that includes addiction you know it's there to serve us in some way that doesn't mean it's good for us but it means that in some way it does benefit us or reduce some type of pain right Mm. so why do colleagues drink well because their reality is crap They, they don't like their life they don't like the existence they're living in that's very often the case and maybe alcohol is not the best way to deal with this but maybe if they didn't have alcohol, they would even kill themselves or something else. So when we have these types of behaviors, like you know, not liking ourselves and always beating ourselves up, it's easy to judge ourselves for it. But that only uh, you know uh, makes the problem worse. What mm. would be a better option is to think about how does this actually benefit me? How does this negative behavior help me? So maybe by judging yourself, this is a way for you to constantly improve, and this is a way for you to. Uh, increase your odds of becoming success- successful in the future of making money. Maybe you know you had problems with money in the past, and this is a way for you to increase your odds of making money, and that makes you feel safe. And if you settle when you say I'm good enough, then that's scary because you don't know if you're good enough. You have to constantly improve. Yeah, you do that like um, basically. Everything like even if even the, the the negative things can be a good thing if you just uh, if you just like stop viewing them as something negative and instead and uh, instead you turn it into a power that uh, that cannot actually push you to uh, do stuff for yeah. example yeah uh, that's what I mentioned earlier you know every weakness is a strength mm-hmm. and every strength is a weakness everything exactly. has opposites everything has a yin and a yang so. Uh, yeah, if you have a weakness, just look at how you can make this a strength. You know, I've I've worked with a person uh, that had depression uh, not that long ago, and you know, the first thing I told him is that you know it's it's wonderful that you have depression, it's great, mm. and he was shocked and he's like, "What are you talking about?" I <laughs> told him, "Yeah, <laughs> it's a pretty natural answer. You know, like I, that's to be expected." But I told him, like, think about it. All this time you focused on all the negatives about having depression, right? You don't have any energy. You don't feel like doing anything. You don't enjoy life. Well, think about all the positives it gives you. You know, depression is a warning light. Every negative emotion we have is a warning that something is wrong. Emotional pain is like real pain. It's there to help us. It's there to warn us and protect us. And with depression specifically, you know, it, it's usually, it usually comes right before a big change in your life. Right. I know with myself when I was in a period of depression, uh, the depression 
was so uncomfortable that it led me to make some very difficult decisions and to actually spend the time to you know invest into myself and rediscover myself and find what I'm all about and what I want to do with my life. So you can look at depression as something bad. And of course mm. it is. I mean, it's not nice to feel depressed. Or you can focus on you know, what you're going to get out of it. How amazing it's going to feel after you improve your life. Because if your life sucks right now, then that means, you know, chances are it's going to get better. And that's something great to look forward to. So, yeah, it's it's about finding the good in everything bad. I think that's a big part of it. Uh, whether you're dealing with any kind of issue. And what what would be the second biggest struggle you've had along the way? Probably, I would say my my uh, my communication skills and um, um, basically how introverted I am. Mm -hmm. Your ability yeah. to communicate with people, and like I've known you for seven years, so I know that you i mean obviously now people can hear they can hear it in your voice you you struggle to sometimes say things you you may be a little bit shy and you mm. know that, that gets in your way but i know how you were before and you sound like uh you know a professional public speaker right now compared <laughs> to how you were before so you can take this as a compliment because you've improved a lot but seriously like you you had a lot of issues back then and uh, like your English has improved greatly. Obviously, it's not perfect, but compared to how it was, it is much, much better. And yeah, it's it's definitely you've made a lot of improvements. And how have you actually gone about that? How have you gone about you know reducing this anxiety that prevents you from speaking and you know making you sound better right now compared to how you were before? Okay, so here is my secret. <laughs> So recently, uh, I had to, I had to present a, a presentation about UI, and um, I remember how anxious I was. I was like in my head thinking, how can I, how will I do this? Oh my god! Like I, I need a solid plan, and um, usually, and we, we or like. The majority of people do this. When they're in front of an audience, they freeze and they don't know what, what the hell to do, right? So what did I do? I basically, uh, I took every insecurity that I had and worry and everything and just like turn it into a humor. That's it. Like, and um, I just remember on the day I had to present I just stood there and um, it's like my mind went blank and a switch switch uh, happened in, uh, in, in, in my head. And I was like, hello, everyone. Now let's start, da, 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 right? Um, and I just, whenever I felt anxious or worried, I was like, Oh my God, anxiety is here again, people. She is a bitch. She loves to torture me. So just enjoy her show and uh, uh, just 
just laugh with her, um, accept her. And after um, I, I did this, I immediately calmed down and I managed to present my, my presentation like in the best way possible. And I nailed it and everyone like, like laughed and they uh, complimented me a lot and said, oh my God, you should actually pursue a career in, in a stand-up comedy. Because like my, my whole presentation was filled with uh, uh, little jokes that were relatable in, in a way. And basically, um, yeah, I, I just took everything that worried me and I, and I actually make fun of it. And it was great. And yeah. <laughs> I yeah. just love it. I remember when you were telling me about the story, about the presentation, how it was this moment where uh, you were basically uh, talking about the different types of uh, typography, different types of fonts. And you were talking about, oh, here's a sans serif, here's a serif, here's a script. And then you had like one type of font that you were presenting. And you said, oh, here's this script font. It's uh, a little bit of an outcast, a little bit unique compared to the rest, kind of like me. But that's a conversation from my therapist. <laughs> not for here and you know that's that's a great example of uh what you managed to do you managed to turn your insecurities about you know being different and you transform the insecurity into comedy and i think that's mm -hmm. an incredible way to deal with anxiety you know because what people tend to do when they're anxious about something is they try to hide those insecurities so if we want to present make a great presentation we want to appear professional we want to be taken mm. seriously. And what we tend to often do is we tend to, uh, you know, we tend to fake everything. We tend to act yeah. like how we think a professional person is going to act. And that's difficult because then we're worried, oh, well, uh, do they believe me? Do they see through my bullshit? And that creates even more anxieties and that gets in your thoughts and then you start messing up your words and it gets very complicated. A simple way is to be the first one to basically name all of your insecurities and make it into a joke. That way people are going to laugh with you, not at you. And you don't have to feel like you hide anything because you start and you tell them, hello guys. Oh wait, I forgot what I was saying. Anxiety is a bitch. Okay, continuing. Now we're going to do this. Now we're going to do that, right? It's a much, much healthier way to deal with it. And it may be difficult, but... Once you try it, I think there's no going back because you're gonna see how effective it is, mm -hmm. and then you're gonna start applying this approach, you know, in all kinds of situations, really. Yeah, definitely. I um, I I just remember the 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 first joke that I said. Everything just became much more easier for me. I totally embraced my my flaws and my just my 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 authentic self, basically. Mm -hmm. And uh, I felt a like just freedom, you know, just I, I stopped giving a shit about everything. And I just like enjoyed every single second of that presentation. And I especially loved their faces because because like um, uh, people know me that I'm really shy and reserved. And I usually I, I'm not that that relaxed around people, especially strangers. But then after I showed this new funny side of me, uh, they were like, 
where that came from? Like, I don't know, you can be like that. And it just, it's great, you know. I, I definitely recommend like people who struggle with um, presenting and just like with overall anxious people to try it. Cause it's like, I think they won't regret it. At least I, I, uh, I didn't. Mm. Starting out with naming your insecurities, like, you know, turning them into jokes like you did. It does take some level of balls, but it is definitely not that difficult to do. It's, I mean, it's within the level of possibility for many people. And I think the price of not worrying for the rest of the presentation is worth it. And yes, some anxiety may creep back in, into like uh, the middle, during the middle of the presentation. But, you know, the fact that you can just apply this method again and name the fact that you just, just say, hey, anxiety is calling again. Hello? Yes, are you going to prevent me from making the presentation? Oh, you want? Okay, thank you. Bye. You know, you can pretend to even have a phone call with your anxiety. And just, I think this is a great tool to have in your toolbox whenever you feel anxious presenting mm -hmm. anything, uh, public speaking, or even speaking to us one-on-one -on -one with another person. You know, it can be during a job interview or it can be during anything. You can just, you know, use your weakness, which you consider a weakness, anxiety, and you can turn it into a strength, which is humor. That's that's a, a great approach. I, I think it's incredibly healthy. Mm, and and um, also another major thing that uh, helped me when when I when I when I applied this is um, how I view myself basically changed also because um, before the presentation I viewed myself like oh my god I'm gonna fail this like. I cannot do this. But after I after I did it, I'm like, oh my god, I nailed this. I'm gonna do it again. Yeah. When you prove it to yourself that hey, I did this, then the thought comes up, well, if I can do that and I didn't think I can do it, then what else can I do? Right? Mm. Uh, yeah, that's that's incredibly powerful. And speaking of insecurities, like you know, you're the youngest person at your team. Is there like, uh, you know, are you in the ghetto right now? I can hear gunshots in the background. What's happening? <laughs> I think people are celebrating something. <laughs> yeah. I, have I, no have, idea. I also have no idea. I, I'm not, uh, I'm not aware of the holidays, but <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yeah, I can hear explosions in the background. I'm not sure if this can be heard, but anyways. So, right. You're the most inexperienced person on your team. You're the youngest person in your team, and mm. you you're you typically have a lot of doubts on your uh, about yourself in general. And when you combine, you know, shyness, doubts, being the youngest in a team, working with top performers in the industry, and all of that, like that's how do you deal with that? Well, it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. Like, mm. but one thing uh, I. I um, I just discovered it helped me is like everyone has been there like everyone starts from zero right e everyone was a newbie at, at some point in their life mm -hmm. so once you re realize that you just like it it's like a it's like a relief in uh, in a way yeah, because it's just like 
it removes pressure, anxiety, doubts, everything. And it, it also really helps you to actually start learning and improving so you can get to their level at some point. Yeah, you know, many people say like, oh, nobody is born like with knowledge. Everybody has to learn at some point. And, mm. you know, people don't like this type of advice typically because it gives temporary, uh, only temporary relief. When I tell you like, oh, look, there were amateurs at one point also. So you don't have to doubt yourself. You don't have to be insecure. That may help for a little bit when you think about it. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. They were, uh, you know, in my shoes not that long ago. So, yeah, I am fine. But after a while, you forget that. And here's where people go wrong. When they try to apply this advice of thinking, you know, they were also a newbie at some point, they think about it only once or twice, and then they stay with their anxiety and insecurities. You have to find a way to keep yourself reminded of that. You have to figure out a way to constantly remind yourself whenever you feel insecure, set up some kind of a trigger reminder, notification, whatever. But make sure that, you know, every single time, I feel insecure, I feel like I can't do something, I feel like I may fail, and that makes you feel horrible. Look at this reminder. Establish that habit. And the reminder should say something mm. like, they were in, uh, in my place too, or, you know, uh, this is part of the process. Something that reminds you that everybody has to go through this process of making mistakes and learning. And that's going to make you feel fine. Even if you know there is a chance of failure, you won't beat yourself up about it. You're going to accept the fact that, oh, so what? I may fail. That's to be expected. That's normal. Mm. Mm. Another thing uh, that um, that uh, is preventing people from, um, or more like it's it's uh, creating these doubts and stuff is uh, because like they view, um, let's say the more the more experienced team members as like they. They put it. They put them on some kind of a of a pedestal in pedestal. in a way. So, yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. Exactly. And um, it just this also like creates anxiety, and it, and it creates this uh, desire to always compete with them, right? And to rush things and not and not and not actually enjoy the process while while you you are learning. But uh, once once you actually start to view these people as like equal and it's not like, oh, he, uh, he is so much superior than me. So I should, uh, com- I should compete with him. Right. You should just like see it as, okay, so we're, at, uh, we're in the same team. We're here together. We're, we're in this together. Instead of uh, me thinking that um, I'm, I'm a, I'm a nuisance or, or I'm um, I'm basically struggling or everything. You should just like at least that's what I am. I'm, I'm trying to convince myself to believe is just like we're here to help each other, right? I help in whatever way I can, and they help me with basically when they give me knowledge and um, and uh, basically always pushing me out of my comfort zone. Right. And yeah, yeah. I, I think it's it's about understanding that, yeah, it, it's natural to put them on a pedestal, right? It's very natural yeah, yeah. because they're so much better than you uh, at what, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they do professionally. Their skills are on a much higher level. So, of course, mm-hmm. it's very natural for you to put them on a pedestal. And I think 
it's okay to put them on a pedestal. I actually don't agree with you there. I think it's fine to put them on this pedestal about the skills. But I think you should also realize that there's many pedestals. It's not only one, right? Mm. There's the skill pedestal. There's the relationship pedestal. And there's all these things that maybe they're great at... Uh, yeah, the explosions are happening again. Don't mind them. They're not that bad. They're not that annoying. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay, they're a little annoying. But as I was saying, uh, you know, maybe they're great at their career. Maybe they're great designers. But maybe they're not so great at some other aspect of their life. Maybe they have some other issues. And we're all people, right? Some people are mm. good at some things, but they have other weak points in their life, other areas in their life that they need to work on. And that's fine. And when you realize that, yeah, sure, maybe they're making more money than me. Maybe they're more talented than me, like skill-wise, they have more skills. But maybe I have a better relationship than them. But maybe I'm better with, you know, uh, personal development in some aspects than them. You know, it's, it's, it's still like playing the wrong game of comparing yourself to them. But at least you realize that they're full people and there's good things and bad things about them. But probably the mm. healthiest approach of all is what you mentioned about simply, uh, you know, um, what was it? I forgot. Uh, just like uh, you are in this together, right? You're yeah, here, yeah. here to help each other. It's about remembering what's the purpose, right? Not focusing so much on are they better? Am I better? Which is egotistical. Instead, trying to focus on how can I help them? How can I serve them so that they see benefit in me so that they help me so that I help the company. When you focus on how you can benefit somebody, miracles tend to happen. And I, th I think it's very important for you to, if you are a person that suffers with those thoughts that somebody is so much better than me, and that causes you insecurities and doubts about yourself, if you put somebody mm -hmm. on a pedestal, you know, just don't play this game at all of who's better than who, because it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter if they're better or not. Like, what does that change? Maybe they're better, maybe they're not. How does that change anything? Yes, you can improve. Yes, you may not improve. It doesn't even matter. All that matters is what can you create together? Can you help them create an amazing business? If yes, they're going to see some value in that and maybe they're going to help you out in some way. Can you help them with something else? What do you want to do together? That's what's important. Okay, It's not yeah. important who's better than who. Yeah, and uh, also another, another major thing is... Um... People have these struggles and doubts and stuff because they just resist and they don't accept the fact that they're, let's say, a, a newbie, let's say. So another thing that really helped me is uh, the moment I realized, okay, I'm a newbie. I, that's, that's completely fine. And, I, and I'm okay with that thought. I'm, eventually, I'm going to get better, right? So just be 100% honest and blunt with everyone around you and with you. Just accept the facts. Because the moment you start to start to accept it, it just everything becomes much more easier for you if you want to change it, for, for, for example. If you don't want to stay a newbie, accept the fact that you're a newbie. I like that. You know, as a wise man once said, bitch, be <laughs> humble. <laughs> I think that's a part of it you know our ego tends to hold us back from accepting the fact that well yeah mm. I do suck well yeah I am horrible designer right now but I will improve you know many people cannot 
uh, have they struggle to accept this information. It's much easier for them to pretend like, no, I'm gonna improve. Uh, I'm great. Like you know, I'm not shitty. I'm still a good designer. Yeah, there's things to improve, but I'm great. They, they cannot mm-hmm. accept the fact that they suck. And I think that's a, a very important step if you want to improve. You have to be honest with yourself. No, yeah, yeah. Because like before, yeah, I w- I will admit it. I was like thinking, oh, like I'm still a newbie, but like I know more stuff. And uh, I realized that that's very dumb. Uh, I mean dumb. That's very dumb. Yeah. Because uh, it just once I realized uh, that yeah I suck at, at at graphic design sometimes. Like you just it it helps me immensely. You know, just everything became easier, much more easier. Yeah. And and actually, this also helped me improve much faster. And and back when when I look how how it was back then and right now, I mean, um, regarding skills, I, I I'm just amazed actually at how fast I have I have improved. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I'm actually going to put uh, some images um, if you allow me to. That is of some of your previous artworks and some of your you know, uh, later artworks. And I'm gonna also uh, write down the amount of time it took for you to transition from you know, uh, the first style to the second style. And this is only gonna be available on the um, YouTube uh, version of the podcast, maybe some other versions. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's, it may not be available on all platforms, but um, yeah, I, I think that it, it's gonna show people what's what kind of improvements you can expect within what kind of a timeline. Yes, it's highly personal, but it's nice to have this comparison like, oh, you know, somebody can, you know, have this level of improvement within this much time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I also think this can also motivate people and um, inspire them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, you know, um, many people think that if they reach their goals, a lot of their problems are going to disappear, right? If I make mm-hmm. this much money, if I work from home, I'm going to have more free time. I'm going to have more uh, you know, fun. I'm going to have this or that. And they think that all the most serious problems they have in their lives are going to disappear as soon as they reach their goals. Now, that may be the case to some extent, but what they don't realize is that the opposite is also true. And what tends to happen is that when you reach those goals, yes, some of your pre- previous problems are going to be gone, but mm. new ones are going to be created. And just like in your case, you know, you had the problem that I want to make money, I want to work, you know, from home, I want to work for mm. myself, and you managed to do that, and those problems did go away. But what mm. you didn't expect is that new problems are going to be created along the way, mm. and that leaves you feeling kind of like, oh, damn it. Like, now I have to fix that. And you keep, yeah. we kind of keep chasing our tails as humans, not realizing this pattern. But now I'm bringing more awareness to it because I want to learn what are some of the unexpected problems that came with you achieving this goal of working as a graphic designer. Mm-hmm. So, unexpected problems. Hmm. At first, I thought that... Um... I didn't need like 
communication skills that are like not like perfect but good great i just thought so i'm just gonna uh type on the keyboard and that's gonna be the only form of communication that i had to do but then uh reality check i had to actually learn how to talk in English and how how should I present myself in front of uh, clients and stuff. So yeah, that definitely was kind of a surprise at the beginning. Um, other problems. Um, I thought that... Um, Okay, so this is basically was when I, uh, when I first started to learn logo, logo design. I thought, oh, I just had to learn how to make basic shapes, how uh, the, the most like basic fonts, um, a few like basic rules, and that's gonna be, they're gonna pay me. But boy, was I wrong. <laughs> like, um, as I started to go further and further into the whole subject, like, I, I, I realized that you have to know uh, stuff like uh, hierarchy, uh, white space, uh, colors, shapes, typography. Like there was so much more. So that was also a huge surprise. And then, as I discovered, you uh, it's not only logo design. You can also like logo design is a very like small drop of the whole like ocean right because you can also learn branding you can also learn package design and then this also got me curious to actually get out there and start to experience new stuff from the whole graphic design field mm -hmm. which also like uh, helped me improve my skills because i learned new new things and when you combine all all of these different uh, uh disciplines like it creates something like good in a way yeah so you didn't expect the struggles that your communication skills are going to bring in your career mm. you you didn't expect you know that uh you know it's not only about oh you know i'm gonna learn uh this and that and then i'm gonna be a great work designer there's much more to it it's, it's a whole science and you learn that like you can study this for the rest of your life that was another surprise you had and another surprise you had was that you know well, great, I learned walk design, but now there's all these other disciplines in graphic design, like, uh, mm -hmm. you know, brand identity and uh, package design. And that left you uncertain, like, well, crap, do I learn something else now? What should I do, <laughs> right? And each one of these has a different, different, uh, you know, things about it that you have to learn and it can get very complex. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay, so now my favorite part. So... The challenging section is what I like to call this. So here the, the <laughs> questions are going to be more difficult and more interesting, obviously. I see you prepped your face next to the camera. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So like I said, you don't have to answer any of these questions uh, unless you want to. It's fully optional, but I, I think it's nice to see, uh, you know, true vulnerability and authenticity in people. 
especially mm-hmm. when they have achieved something we want to achieve, like working from home or, you know, learning a new skill or working in, in any kind of profession or anything we want to do. So the first question is, you know, um, being a hypocrite, it's often considered bad. But, you know, I believe that being a hypocrite is, you know, it's not always uh, necessarily bad. I, I believe it's actually part of the process of change. Because first you have to start believing in something before you start actually applying it, right? And in the middle of that process, sometimes we can say something we believe and not actually do it ourselves. And, Mm. you know, the standard example is, um, oh, going to the gym is healthy. You should go to the gym every day or whatever. And then you don't do it yourself. First, you have to start believing it, right? You have to start believing that it's healthy for you. And then you have Mm -hmm. to start doing it. And in this process, sometimes there's this moment where you're only saying that you should go to the gym, but you're not doing it yourself. And that makes you a hypocrite. So, you know, I think that being a hypocrite is actually something natural for many people. And I'm curious in what ways are you a hypocrite? And before you answer the question, I'm going to give you an example with me. So, uh, you know, I have a medical condition. And for me, eating too much cooked food is not necessarily good for me. And I, I keep like I keep telling you about my condition and how I shouldn't be eating so much cooked food. I keep telling others and I keep telling myself I shouldn't be eating so much cooked food. It's bad for me, whatever. And I still do it, right? Which makes me a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of okay in a way because yes, it's bad. Naturally, it makes my condition worse. But at the same time, uh, the fact that I keep talking about it and I keep thinking about how bad it is for me. It helps me uh, see the importance of this and mm-hmm. eventually start eating less cooked food. I've gone to this process myself many times, so I know it's actually helpful. So let me ask you, like, what are you being a hypocrite about right now? Okay, so what, what? Hmm. Okay, so this is a thing that I I I'm struggling like, and and I I'm working actively on on fixing it. So basically, I'm I have this problem. I I promise something like I will do it, and then stuff happens i procrastinate i don't do it and then i i i uh, disappoint people for example okay uh, i don't see how that makes you a hypocrite so you say you're gonna do something but then you don't do it perhaps you didn't understand my question so mm. uh, you know what a hypocrite is right uh yeah okay so just to make things clear again somebody that says something he claims something, he believes something, like, uh, you know, I may be a Christian and I may believe being gay is bad, right? Uh, this is a very <laughs> bad, like, representation of a Christian, but let's say I'm that type of Christian and I believe being gay is bad. But then, you know, I'm gay myself and I do it even though I say it's bad. That's what being a hypocrite is about. You say something, but then you do the opposite. You believe something, but then you do the opposite. Yeah. So in what way are you being a a huge hypocrite? 
Mm. Well, <laughs> I cannot think of anything. Just think about anything that you have said to others or anything you believe, but you're not doing. You may believe, oh, I shouldn't be eating bread, but then you're eating bread, for example. Or it can be anything like that. If you don't feel comfortable okay. answering, that's okay. <laughs> okay, so when it comes to food, like I, I love food. <laughs> mm. And sometimes I say, uh, okay, I'm... I usually don't eat, don't eat it, don't eat that. But then I go around and then do it, for example. I didn't get what you tried to say. Can you <laughs> do it again? Oh Try to <laughs> relax and say it again. <laughs> okay. So, um, okay, let's say, um, okay, so I, I did this before. So, um, I said to people that I was a vegan, right? And then uh, I, 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 I ate stuff that are not vegan, mm -hmm. for, for example. But then I still claimed I was vegan. But right now, like, I, I don't okay. do this anymore. Okay. And why did you do that? Well, I guess guilty pleasure. Yeah, but why did you keep telling people you're a vegan? You could have just stopped mm -hmm. saying you're a vegan. Yeah, but I just like, I felt it was wrong in, in a way, you know, because I thought, okay, so people view me in that way. And I, I, I also view myself in this way. So... But then, there, but then there is also this side who is like, yeah, but like just a little bit of that. It's not like it's not like anyone anyone is gonna know about it. But it just like after I after I did it, it just mm, it it didn't feel nice at all because I because obviously I, I I knew about it and it just like made me feel incredible incredibly guilty and like. Um, I don't like that about myself. Okay, so there's a conflict between your identity. One part of you wants to eat, uh, you know, dairy, mm -hmm. meat, maybe other things. Another part of you wants to, uh, you know, have this, what I call vegan prestige, saying I am vegan, <laughs> so I'm better than you in a way. You know, you feel better than, uh, than non-vegans. And I, I've been vegan myself, you know, I've been vegan for years, many years in my life. Right now, currently, I'm not vegan. Due to health reasons, I cannot be vegan, even if I want it. Uh, but yeah, it's a complex topic. But many people enjoy being different. They enjoy being able to say, I'm vegan. Uh, it somehow implies that you care more about your health. It somehow implies that you're smarter than the rest. There's a lot of assumptions people make. And yeah, there's many people that enjoy having that title. So I can see why you did that. Okay. Okay. That's a, a great uh, start to break the ice a little bit. Because <laughs> questions are going to be getting harder from this point on. Okay. <laughs> All right. So this, the next one is something I've been guilty of a lot in my own life. And I, now I want to say about you. So it is natural for people to want to 
control other people's perception of them, right? I want to control your perception of me. You want to control <laughs> my perception of you. But in what ways do you manipulate how people perceive you? Okay, tell me, tell, tell me an example of what of this sure. situation like that with, with, with you. Sure. Okay, so let me think a little bit. Uh, I, I've had I've had moments where, for example, I'm speaking about a topic, and uh, I may be speaking something about computers, for example, or technology in general, and somebody is asking me questions about, oh well, what are you know VPNs, virtual private networks, and I'm asking, mm-hmm. oh, it's it's a thing that hides your identity on the internet, blah blah blah, and I explain it, and you know I I use some term or some word that I don't know what it means. For example, you know, I can tell them, oh, well, a proxy server can do the same thing. And then they ask me like, oh, well, what is a server? And I know what a server is to some extent. Like, I know that, you know, it's some kind of a computer, right? It, it's it's used for online stuff. But I'm not that aware of exactly what makes it different and what it is. But I simply lie to them and I, uh, you know, fake it. And I say, oh, a server is this. And I give them a bullshit description of what a server is, just so that they can maintain this perception that I'm very knowledgeable on this topic. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. So you you actually you already gave an example of this, you know, saying to people that you're vegan when you're not. It's one way to manipulate their perception of you. So that is an example of that. Yeah. Well, if 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 I have to give another, um, okay. So, for example, let's say I'm a, I'm in a conversation with 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 someone, mm-hmm. and uh, they start to talk about something that I don't know. But um, I I want them to view me as a person that uh, that is knowledgeable I'm about this. Right there. I'm gonna stop right there. I don't care about general examples. I want something very juicy and very specific. Okay. The whole oh. point here is to be vulnerable. It's to do what is difficult, to do what is hard. So get out of our comfort zone and be honest. I can give you, uh, you know, there is something I can, I have, I have, there's something I've actually considered doing with some people. So you have three options here. Option A, you answer honestly. Option B, you don't answer at all. Option C, you challenge me. So option C is basically going to mean, uh, you know, you're going to do it only if I do it. Do you hear me now? Yeah. Okay, yeah, the connection cut off. So I want you to repeat everything from when I stopped talking. Mm-hmm. So um, I just said that I couldn't think of anything. That's okay. Maybe you haven't <laughs> been doing that a lot. You know, maybe you haven't been uh, controlling other people's uh, perception of you, their opinions about you that much. So, you know, there's also people like that. Not everybody is a, a nasty liar like me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I'm sure that I have, I have been doing that. I just cannot uh, like recall any any situations. Yeah, that's okay. 
Okay, so we're going to the next question. So, what things about yourself do you want others to not notice and you typically try to hide? Hmm, okay. So, what things I don't want other people to know about, basically? Yeah, what do you hide from other people? You try to hide. Hmm. I really, tr I'm trying to hide that I'm like very insecure person. Like, especially, um, I'm I do that uh with my teammates basically because mm -hmm. I want them to view me in in a certain way right i want to appear like more professional and more knowledgeable right so yeah i i always try to hide that side mm, another thing that that i hide is um my my uh, my feminine side also mm -hmm. yeah why is that why is why, why is what uh, the feminine side? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna get personal here. <laughs> so mm, it's just that that I have been struggling with um, accepting my femininity for a long time, and I am still like very struggling to do it. So yeah. That wasn't that personal. That was kind of like, <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to mention it, but I'm not going to go deep into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, kind of like sensitive topic. <laughs> yeah. Did it have something to do with Sasuke? This fucker, yeah. <laughs> of course, of course, everything has, has to do with him. Oh, I remember this scene from um, uh, Star Wars. I am your father. And I imagine Sasuke <laughs> saying that because in a way, you know, he had a lot of influence over you. He was kind of like a father to you, which is... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> he raised me in, in, in a way. Yeah. Okay. So, Ready for the next yeah. one? Go ahead. <laughs> sure. With pleasure. What things about yourself are you most insecure about? What is your biggest insecurity? Oh, okay. So I'm really insecurity about my my appearance. First of all, I'm mm. mm, insecure about my personality. Mm, what about your personality? I... You're being very general again. <laughs> well. I'm just insecure about how my confidence, how how I view myself. I'm insecure about my skills. Basically, mm -hmm. I'm insecure about everything that comes to me. Okay. Yeah. But what is your biggest insecurity? My biggest. Yes. I would say uh, 
how I view myself. Okay. What exactly are you insecure about? About the way you view yourself? Mm. Just that I'm constantly like Pause. I'm good enough. Start over again, the connection cut. So um I'm just insecure about uh like I always doubt myself, right? I always I'm always like, well, let's say I'm doing something and um I'm I'm gonna be like am I gonna do it like but do I really have the skill set for that like how are other people gonna view it how 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 are they how are they going to view me and stuff like that I'm always doubting and judging myself for it and um, especially when you combine that with high with high expectations and when there are times where I didn't meet these these um, these uh, expectations, that really um, like made me view myself in in any in a very negative way. Okay, but again, I don't like the general how general it is. I want something incredibly specific. I'm gonna give you an example to make it easier on you. I'm gonna uh, you know. Say something I'm insecure about right now. I'm insecure about my weight. I think I'm too skinny. Uh, I'm uh, very insecure about uh, my ability to be a great coach. I'm very insecure about, uh, you know, like not making uh, the money I want to make. I'm very insecure about all kinds of things. So you see how specific I am? That's what I want. um so something specific mm. Mm. i'm really insecure about my graphic design skills for example i i think that Mm, because of them, I may, I may do harm on on the agency sometimes. Okay. Is that specific enough? Yeah, that, that's what I want. That's a great answer. You're insecure about your skills as a graphic designer, and you think that your um, you know lack of skills uh, may hurt the agency somehow. Yeah. Yeah, and. You know, mm. ju just a reminder for the people watching and listening. Uh, she's working with some of the best people, and you know, one of these great people in the industry actually uh, said that she has a lot of potential and he wants to work with her. So he obviously saw something in her that maybe she doesn't even see herself. And the fact that you know, a person that is very knowledgeable in the industry says that I want you to work with us. It kind of proves that you know she has the required skills to be useful to them, but you know she's still insecure. So even if you're successful at something, even if other people that are higher up 
the new in this industry uh, want you to work with them, it is very common for you to still feel insecure about yourself. It is very common for you to still doubt your skills and doubt yourself. So doubts and insecurities never really go away. Uh, they can be reduced, but not by necessarily becoming better at what you do. So sometimes that's normal and those things remain. Yeah. I'm also really, really secure about my, my uh, social skills mm -hmm. when I talk to people, especially because like, okay, so I, I really like to be bond with people. But uh, when you combine that bluntness with, with uh, not like not high enough social skills, um, sometimes it can be a disaster. So um, in 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 the end, I I may hurt someone really bad. Mm -hmm. I mean their feelings. So. This is also like a huge thing I really struggle with. And sometimes I will, I will, uh, on purpose, I won't be bond. I will just shut my mouth and hide what I really want to say, just so that the other person don't get offended because I cannot control how bond I can be sometimes. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's an unusual one for many people. Uh... For most people, it comes natural to kind of hide what you have to say, and it's difficult to be blunt. Uh, so that's kind of an unusual one. But some people can definitely relate with this one. And I, I think that being blunt, it's it's one of those great qualities you can have. But you know, you have to balance it out with knowing how and when and you know what to say. But being able to do it, you know, when the situation requires for it, is a great asset. You just have to analyze the situation a little better so you know if mm. this is an appropriate time to be burnt or not. Once you get the hang of that, then it's going to be a great tool for you that you can use at any time. Yeah, and like other um, other thing that, uh, that is stopping me from using that bluntness because first of all, I, I really enjoy it when I can be openly blunt with people and mm. I know for a fact that they won't get, get um, offended. So, um, so basically, it just—it's not good, you know. It's—it's it's, it's not good to if 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 you wanna be born, but you can just because you can control it. And when you combine with um, when you combine this with, with with a person who doesn't have like enough. Uh, knowledge and um, experience with social situations like it's really not not nice for for other people mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I, I definitely agree with that like you know you can definitely hurt somebody by being too blunt so that's why mm. you have to learn and how you can control it but it can be a great asset if you know how to use it so okay going to the next question this this can be actually very difficult for many people. For others, it's actually very easy. So it depends on what kind of person you are. So what are the top two things that you love about yourself? Oh, that's an easy one. So two things I love about myself. 
okay so um, i really love my my uh, authentic self when i when basically when a switch happened in my mind and i stopped giving stop giving a shit about anyone and everything like it's like i stopped pretending you know everything becomes so much easier for me and i i don't have doubts i don't have fears i just express myself in whatever way i want that's like one of the best feelings probably that i have ever felt in in my life mm-hmm. yeah so i really love my authenticity and the second is um The second thing is, I would say, bluntness and uh, potentially my my uh, imagination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So bluntness, imagination, are the other things. So you like the fact that you're blunt, and you like what about your imagination exactly? I like it just like okay so uh I I just really like how powerful it is in a way but it also like I'm I'm really afraid of it because um I had a fair share of uh, problems with it so <clears throat> yeah I just um, I have definitely used it for for personal stuff and it's um i have i had amazing results when i use it because it's really like i had uh, one time where um i wanted to create this painting and um i i didn't know what what uh, what to actually put on the canvas but then i just like uh played some some music i don't remember and um, i relaxed closed my eyes and i just waited and then my my imagination was like quickly something pop up and when i created that it just it was amazing i couldn't believe like how beautiful it was at least for me yeah so these small moments really made me appreciate how how powerful my 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 uh, Im- my Im- imagination could be yeah that's great many people don't have an experience like that uh, that helps them appreciate the power of their imagination so okay now the opposite what are the top two things that you hate about yourself mm-hmm. okay this also won't be difficult mm, i hate my shyness and how and um, this doubting all the time and insecurities. Okay, I said only two things. You have to choose the two that are the, <laughs> the strongest. Yeah, it's kind of like um, I view them um, on the same level. That's why I'm kind of saying them um, combined. Okay yeah so you just uh, 
Okay, so you can cut that part out because I got uh, I forgot my thought. It's not good to constantly cut parts out. Oh. This is a show about being authentic. I'm only gonna cut the the parts where you know we get disconnected. So this is remaining in the show. I'm not gonna <laughs> cut this out. Oh That's part God. of being okay. human. Okay, many people on all kinds of podcasts, you know, they edit uh, videos, podcast shows, and they make themselves sound great. But sometimes things like that happen. Sometimes you you get your thoughts mixed up and you forget what you're oh. talking about. That's okay. Okay, so yeah, people, anxiety called again just now. She really loves to to interrupt me in moments like that. Like, like I told you, she is a bitch. Okay, so uh, where was I? What? What? Okay, so can you remind me what I said? Because I totally forgot. You were talking about the things you hate about yourself. Yeah, and what did I say? You were talking about how you hate the, your insecurities, your doubts, uh, yeah, your communication. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, <clears throat> so um, once I. I actually had that glimpse of my uh, of my authentic self, right? Mm. And when uh, this this whole experience uh, vanished, and again my my uh, insecurities and doubts came, this felt incredibly like sad for me at least, because um, it just. I vividly remember how I felt when uh, when I was being authentic. And then when insecurities came, like it immediately pushed me back and made me kind of like neutral and not not depressed, but uh, negative in in a way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I really hate them, and I I I really wanna start to work even more on uh, fixing them. Okay, let's move on. What is something that you do? One thing that you do that you really hate, that, that you hate that, the fact that you're doing that. You know you shouldn't uh, be doing it, but you're doing it regardless. Um, okay, so I really hate it sometimes when I promise something, but I don't do it because of something happened. Or I started to, or I, or more like, I, I decided to procrastinate or just avoid it because it's not uh, pleasant. So not keeping your promises. Not keeping your Yeah. Promise. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes I do that. Okay. I, I admit. <laughs> so, um, you know, I like to always reverse things. I like to do things differently because I'm so unique, a special snowflake. <laughs> and now the next question is going to reverse the typical questions uh, many people ask, you know. Mm-hmm. So, why should people choose not to work with you? Okay, that's a good one. Okay. So, time management. That's a problem that I have. And, I, and I'm not proud of it, but I'm working on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So time management, I just cannot decide my deadlines. It's 
it's hard for me sometimes, especially since um, when when I'm trying something new and someone come to, comes to me and says, okay, so how much time this is going to take? And, I, and I'm like, okay, so I won't say like a, a too short deadline or, or uh, so I'm going to give myself a few extra hours. But then it turns out even, even those uh extra hours weren't weren't enough so yeah i'm i constantly have uh, situations like that your dead mm. your deadlines you uh you're about at, you know managing your time and judging when something is going to be done yeah yeah um basically i'm a mess most of the time okay and even if you're a mess most of the time you know just to the people listening uh, you can still manage to get a good job working with amazing mm. people. So being a mess is not an excuse. It's part of the process. It's part of being human. Everybody's a mess in one way or another. And that's okay. So, yeah. okay. Moving on. What do you feel makes you a bad designer besides having bad time management skills? Mm, my temper. Because sometimes I really... Let emotion, I mean, I let emotions control me to the point that I cannot do my work efficiently. Mm. Yeah. Especially when when I get angry about something that I cannot do. And I'm like, why don't you work? Why don't you work? And then like when you when you become like that in a situation where we, you have to be quick. Uh, it's not good. <laughs> All right. I, I take that. Okay, so next, moving to more personal questions. Mm. So what do you feel makes you a bad friend? Um, I definitely struggle when people are seeking emotional comfort from me mm, because like i i uh, suppress my feminine side and like uh feminine side is all about like like caring and nourishing and listening and just accepting while the like the the masculine side is more like logically analyzing giving solutions and stuff so i tend to do that and uh, sometimes people are not seeking uh, solutions. They only want to be uh, heard, right? But um, they only want to do what? You said heard? Like uh, heard when heard. you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I yeah, just heard. Said heard like getting hurt. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Well, no. Some people do like getting hurt, but those are all <laughs> kinds of people. Sure. I don't know about those types of people. So, yeah. I'm sure you would say uh, that. <laughs> yeah so yeah that's a thing that makes me a bad friend okay take that so what are your top three doubts in life mm-hmm. okay so the first one is um if I'm gonna have the life that I wanna live. Mm. 
I'm going to stop you. I don't like stopping people, but in this case, I will. And I'm going to answer that doubt. No, you won't. You just won't. Okay. Every time things don't happen like we plan, always something happens differently and there's things we can never predict. So are you going to live the life you want? Hell no. You won't. Are you going to live a good life? Who knows? I don't know. Maybe. Are you going to live a bad life? Maybe. Who knows? But are you going to live the life you want? Most likely not. Most likely it won't happen like you expect. Well, we cannot be 100% sure of that. Like, no, nothing certain yeah. in life. Who knows? I may be... Hmm? Sure. Yeah, that's why... That, that's just a thing I doubt. Because I'm just not sure if... if if I'm going to be able to arrange uh, my life in that way mm -hmm. that uh, that I, I, I really want to live. That's why I uh, said it. Okay, sure. Mm. Mm. Okay, so other doubts. Mm. Can you re repeat your question again? Of course. What are your top three doubts in life? In life, okay, in life. So, mm. probably if I, if I uh, can become like the best version of me. Or more like the version I want to be. Mm -hmm. And for a third, um, I cannot think of. Okay. Sure. That's okay. So both of your doubts are related to not being able to live up to your potential. You're not sure if you're going to be able to live the life you want. You're not mm -hmm. sure if you're going to be able to be the person you want. And both of them are very egotistical. They're related directly to you, which is normal. It's to be expected. It's it's human. But I just like noting that. I like noting these things because when we have <laughs> self-awareness about our desires and you know what people we are, it helps us make more um, conscious choices and decisions. Mm. Okay. Um, so going to the personal, more personal questions again. What makes you a bad designer like a... didn't i answer that yes you did and i mixed my question see those kind of things happen and sometimes <laughs> you make mistakes and you have to take them you don't say can you edit this out <laughs> instead you say yep i fucked up and then you try again right yeah 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 i agree yeah I've, I'm fucking up a lot during this podcast. Like, there's so many things I'm doing wrong, and that's fine. <laughs> that's the point of this podcast. Okay. Okay. So, um, your smile is either gonna turn wider or it's gonna get shut after this question. Oh. What makes you a bad girlfriend? <laughs> okay. What makes me a bad girlfriend? Hmm. Okay. So again, that uh, the same thing uh, with 
uh, with my friend. I mean, what makes me a, a bad friend? Like that uh, emotional support. Sometimes I, or more like most of the time, I cannot uh, give it. Hmm. Is that your answer? There are other like okay. things that make me a bad girlfriend. Mm, I would say that sometimes I'm uh, maybe a little bit too egotistical and I don't consider my partner's um, opinion, let's say, or what he wants or values. So you're a perfect girlfriend, only two little problems. <laughs> well, though, these are the things that I can think of. Like, if you if you want to share something, like, I don't mind. No, to be honest, you're, like, as close as, uh, to perfect as they can find, probably, so. Uh, well, to you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we've, you know, we've been together for a long time, since an early age, so we've kind of grew together. And that helped us uh, smooth everything out. So within those seven years, we've we've um, pretty much gotten rid of most of the issues we face, and I think we're like incredibly uh, smooth as far as relationships go. So, <laughs> so yeah, I'm not sure I can add much to that, but yeah, and you know, the challenging part is over now, and you actually kind of did pretty well. It wasn't that challenging to you and no. you were yeah, yeah maybe you expected more but yeah. those types of questions are much more difficult for uh, a stranger to answer you know you're my girlfriend so obviously we've been together for a long time and like right now this podcast doesn't have a, a huge audience so you don't feel like there's a ton of people watching you and listening to you so you feel like it's only me and you talking and because you feel that way it's easier to answer those types of questions but the fact that you were still able to answer them, knowing that people are going to be watching this, is uh, admirable. And I want to congratulate you for having the balls and the bravery to actually... Um, and yes, I'm congratulating my girlfriend for having balls. Uh, <laughs> but seriously, jokes aside, you know, it, it, it's difficult for people to be honest about these things. And if it wasn't difficult for you, then you can be very happy about that. That's something that is very difficult to find and many people struggle with being authentic. So, you know, you say that you would like to be authentic, you love authenticity. Well, guess mm -hmm. what? You're already like, um, like you're ahead of many, many people that are trying to be authentic. If you could answer those questions with ease. So, congratulations. And now we have two more sections. The last mm -hmm. section is going to be a casual chat we're going to have, mm -hmm. which is my favorite section, really. And the one before that is a very short section with only one question. And that's what mm. we're going to do now. So imagine that you're laying on your deathbed. Okay. Okay. And sitting next to you is your child. And you can give him or her only one piece of advice that they will remember for the rest of their life. Hmm. What would that advice be? Hmm. 
don't feel pressure okay. to answer quickly. This is a difficult question. Yeah, I'm definitely going to need time for that. Take your time. Hmm. Okay, so for starters, just to be open-minded, because um, actually today I um, I had a session, I mean a coaching session, and uh, I I realized that, and I think it's pretty powerful. It's uh, one of like the major things that are gonna help people improve and solve their problems so the problem when when you're close-minded is that you have a fixed like mindset you you're sure of your conclusions and you stop seeing other options mm -hmm. and that and and this is like lim limiting you in so many ways right and um uh then when when you become open-minded, you just like see new possibilities, new options. And this will incredibly like help you when, when, when you have difficult situations, for example. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that would definitely like be one part of the advice that I'm going to give to my child. So be open-minded and most of all, just um, if you have a situation uh, or more like, uh, let's say something bad happened in that particular situation, always remember that there are, it's not only, oh my God, this is the, this is negative. So there, there is like two sides. You can think of, uh, yeah, that's negative, but but you can also view it as something positive. And just like the moment you acknowledge and, and you are aware of that, that choice you have, it can really determine how how your life if, um, your life I dare to say is gonna uh, evolve, right? Because mm, I I had the very difficult situations. Uh, in uh, in the past, and I and I view them as, oh my God, they bullied me again. Like, why, 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 why did it have to happen? And I and I start to feel sorry for myself, and just like negative, I think negatively. But after I realized, wait a minute, this can actually be a good thing that they bullied me, because if they if they didn't bully me, I wouldn't uh, have met you. I wouldn't have like improved my life, which is incredible actually. And just the, the moment you acknowledge that there is this other option, everything can be become like much more easier for you to handle. So yeah, I think that's gonna be the um, advice. Yeah. I think it's vital for people to be open-minded. If you're not open-minded about something, you can not change it. And the reason why people are closed-minded in the first place is often that they're defending themselves against something, they're protecting themselves. Uh, closed-mindedness is 
a defense mechanism often activated by some kind of a belief or fear. Um, hmm. Actually, it's fear. You know, it's a belief that creates fear, which makes you close-minded as a protection. And, you know, uh, an easy example is uh, with drugs, right? People feel close-minded about drugs. And as soon as somebody starts talking about drugs, they're immediately like, nope, uh, I'm not interested in this topic. I don't like drugs. They're horrible. And that's because hmm. throughout their childhood, they, they've seen that drugs are horrible for you. They're worried about, you know, the dangers of drugs. And, you know, they, they don't even want to uh, accept the possibility that drugs may be interesting in one way or another. They're not ready to even listen uh, to you telling them about some study that was recently done about drugs because they're worried that if they show any kind of interest about uh, with uh, relating to drugs, they may mm. end up doing drugs themselves. And that would be so horrible, so scary to them that, you know, they'd rather close their mind to the drugs topic as a whole. So people do that in all kinds of areas for all kinds of reasons. We're complex beings. But yeah, being yeah. open-minded means that you have more opportunities available to you at any point in time. And mm. seeing both sides of everything, seeing the good in everything bad, I think helps you get rid of the victim mentality many people have, which prevents us from taking action. And it helps us take responsibility and make things happen. And, you know, what you focus on grows. So if you focus on the fact that, oh, I'm being bullied, my life sucks, your life is going to suck more, you're going to be bullied more. If you focus yeah. on the fact that, yeah, I'm being bullied, but so what? Uh, you know, that's not going to be forever. As soon as I mm. finish school, I'm going to start working on this career. I'm going to live an amazing life. I'm going to be an amazing designer. If you think about that and you focus about that every day, even if you let yourself be bullied on the side, <laughs> I'm being bullied on the side. Even if you let yourself being bullied on the side, you're still going to have an incredible life. Because guess what? Mm. If you focus so much of your time and energy, uh, you know, on to actually becoming a designer, you are going to be a great designer in no time. So, yeah, focus is important. Your attention, your energy, your time, it's like a laser beam. If you focus it on something and you keep it there, it's going to cut right through. Mm, yeah. All right. So oh. that, that, that was a great piece of advice. Love it. Okay. So... I'm gonna surprise you too. Sure. See, since you really love asking so many questions, I'm also gonna ask you a question. <laughs> Fair enough. Is that okay? Ask me anything okay. you want. The same question. What advice would you give to your kid? Oh, that's the most difficult question you can ask. I would rather you ask about my sex life or, uh, you know, anything awkward like that. <laughs> We know that already. Like, people don't know it, but we know it, so that's fine. But so this podcast is about them, right? They should get benefits. So. Yeah, 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 of course. Huh, it's, it's, it's difficult to summarize it to one or two things because there's so many things that I would love to tell them. It, it's incredibly difficult to select one thing. Yeah. I guess be open-minded is one of the same things I would tell them like you, but without explaining the importance of being open-minded, without telling them about the benefits of it and the downsides of being close-minded, I'm not sure they would understand it. If you just tell your kid like before you're dying, be open-minded, <laughs> you know, they're going to be like, what? And that's it, you're dead, right? Uh, I think you would have to explain the reason behind what you're saying. So. 
but if let's say we don't have to focus on that we don't have to think about the reason behind what we're saying then i would probably tell them raise your consciousness i know hmm. that if i told that to my kid he would just look at me and he's gonna be like what and that's it so i wouldn't say that in this real situation if i was actually dying because it would be misunderstood <laughs> Understanding the depth of what I'm saying does require a lot of other knowledge. But if they could somehow understand the importance of what I'm saying, that's probably the one piece of advice I would give them. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. So now is the part where we chat. And here I'm going to take you off the hot seat. You can remove your sweaty ass. <laughs> from the seed that you've been sweating on till now, expecting difficult answers, which ended up not being that difficult for you, actually. And we can chat about something you feel passionate about. So tell me, what are you passionate about? Food and horses. <laughs> Food and horses, yes. And I know that already. I'm not a horrible boyfriend, just for everybody listening. Uh, <laughs> I'm just asking so that everybody knows what she likes. So Food and horses. <laughs> Of course, of course, <laughs> of course. That was a horrible poem. Oh my god, no. Yep. So, <laughs> what about? Okay, which one do you like more? First of all, I know it's difficult to pick a favorite, but no, I cannot decide. Like, I really like both of them. They're at the same level. I cannot. Period. Okay. 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 Same level. You know, maybe you could combine the two. Maybe you can make some kind of a food out of a horse. Yeah, or 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 I can make a cake in the form of a like. Oh wait, like that. Ah, uh, yeah, that bitch. So <clears throat> yeah, I can uh, combine. Let's say I can make a cake with the form of the of a horse. My idea was to make some kind of a horse meat, like horse jerky. Kill the horse and make him into meat. You have food, you have horse, right? You're not my boyfriend anymore. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to be roasting me? Speaking of roasting, you're here on this show where I'm going to be interviewing like, uh, you know, uh, people that have achieved some kind of uh, success in their life. And your background looks like you're in a rape dungeon or uh, I, don't know, <laughs> I don't know what's happening back there. But, you know, that's not the kind of image that comes up when I hear success. That's, that's uh, the place I really want to get creative, you know, like this is my cave in a way. This is your cave. Where, where are you exactly? I'm on the balcony. <laughs> You're in the balcony. And why is there so much black stuff or mold or whatever it is there? That's not mold. <laughs> what is it? Or it? it looks well, like mold and I think you're breathing all of it. Well, then I fucked. Yeah. Well, for the people only listening, like you can't see this, but she's sitting uh, like behind her are two large windows that are like uh, fogged up uh, because she has been breathing and sweating from the difficult questions I've been asking. And I haven't. Yes, that was sarcasm. You don't you don't feel my sense of amazing humor? No, when you speak it in a, in, in a monotone voice. 
Ouch. <laughs> well, you're right about okay, one so... thing. I'm not your boyfriend anymore. <laughs> well, you well you like blondness, right? And you and you want a blonde girl, so here. So, what about horses? Do you like so much, and why are you so passionate about them, and why are you not doing something related to horses, but instead you're a graphic designer? Answer whichever uh, of the questions you choose. I'm gonna like um, answer every single one. So, why do I love horses? Well, like, they're just amazing, you know. They're like these giant creatures who can carry you on their back, like. An elephant can do that also. Yeah, but I don't know, like if um ever since I I I saw a horse, I was like, oh my god, these creatures are amazing. And I just fell in love with them. Like Is that the voice you said it with? Yeah, that was my childish voice, kind of. Can you say it again? Oh my god, these creatures are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, sure. So, yeah, well, it was it was love at first sight, basically. Hmm. Mm. I know probably people don't don't believe on that. Some people, but with horses, it just happened. Yeah, it didn't happen with me. Okay, <laughs> but it happened with the horses. <laughs> oh my god. With you, it was uh, it was just like, oh my god, this this boy is very like interesting. He's very mysterious. Like I want to get to know him better. <laughs> and then you found out uh, that you know you found out things about me, and then you were like, oh, well, I guess he's good enough. No, and then I was like, oh my god, I wanna I wanna be with him. How how can we arrange that? <laughs> You know, I've never heard you speak like that. <laughs> I've never heard you say it like, oh my God, like, I, I want to be with him. How can we arrange that? <laughs> I've never heard that kind of, like, uh, speech pattern with you. Um, but, okay. So, what was the other question I asked? Uh, Why did I choose to work as a graphic designer and not horses? Yes. Okay, so um, I have been drawing from basically when I when I learned how to hold a pen. So yeah, um, and I just wanted to do something related to art. That was it. Yeah. And uh, actually, my love for horses um, a few years ago, like it, it kind of vanished. Because I wasn't surrounded by horses, like I was uh, when 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 I was a child. But um, recently, like it started again, and um, yeah. Okay, so basically, uh, your love for horses, uh, you know, it got quiet for a little bit, and then uh, mm. it got reincarnated, and now again, you wanna like. Uh, focus on horses so are you gonna do something about that are you gonna actually get a horse uh work something with horses draw horses something related to horses uh or no mm -hmm. well i'm definitely like considering to buy a horse in the future like i'm not 
hundred percent sure about that because it's like it's a responsibility, of course. But um, yeah, why not? It sounds pretty interesting, at least to me. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of extra work, but yeah, if you like horses, why not? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, during COVID, you would have to like buy the horse, uh, you know, a horse mask. I'm not sure if there is horse like medical surgical masks uh, that are made, but maybe they are. I think um, I saw a picture of a one like equestrian girl who put a bra on on the nose of her horse in order to protect it from the virus. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I'm sure people have done weirder things than that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I don't have any ideas what to ask you because we've been together for seven years. That's to be expected. And because, you know, you're a boring person. Oh my God, I'm such a boring person. <laughs> oh my God. So you can ask me anything if you find me more interesting, that is. Mm, okay then. Mm. Okay, <laughs> that's a spice. Okay, spice it up. Okay, so... Mm. If you found a better girl than me, would you leave me for yes. her? Yes. <laughs> what, what would better mean? You know, I've invested so much time into this relationship and uh, we've spent so much time <laughs> together working on so many things. Uh, I doubt that it's, it would be possible to find somebody better than you. Not because you're perfect or because uh, such a girl doesn't exist, but simply because we already know each other so much and we're such a great fit already. We've made each other perfect for each other. So even if, um, you know, I find somebody with better personality traits, better like physical looks, uh, I, I still don't think it's worth it to go through all the trouble of, uh, you know, uh, making the two people fit together, if you know what I mean. Not to mention that it's a huge risk because it may not happen, whereas we're already like a good fit. I don't know, you may like found a, a sexy diva that will like be ready to um, get dirty with you. Aren't you like, uh, isn't that your role? Don't you do that now? <laughs> like, I don't well, see what's different in this scenario. I don't see myself as a sexy diva, for example. Well, maybe you don't, but maybe I do. Oh, thank you again. <laughs> I didn't say. I said maybe I do. Oh well, that that that's awkward a little bit. Yeah, it is awkward. Embrace it. I love it. <laughs> okay then. Fine, fine. Okay. Any other questions? That's not too, that's not that spicy. What, what what do you want me to say? Like how how big is your dick? I don't want to say anything that you don't want to say. Say whatever you want. If you have questions, if you don't just say I don't have any questions, I don't want to ask you any questions. I want to end this, please. It's uncomfortable. It's awkward. Please stop it. I'm begging you. You can do that if you want. It's an option. <laughs> no, it's it's amazing. This podcast. Um, I don't think it's amazing. The first, it, this is the first episode. I think it's shit, but I like the idea. 
and you know I enjoy the process to some extent. So I'm gonna continue doing it. I don't think it's amazing, but I think you know it may be interesting for some folk for sure. No, um, I just think it's amazing because it's it's just like I don't know. It's I really like that you're doing something that you wanted to do from a very long time ago. So yeah, it just it just like. It's just amazing just to sit there and uh, interact with people and socialize, especially since like uh, communication is like one of your best abilities. I wouldn't say it's one of my best abilities. Mm. I mean, I, I didn't yeah, get you. I, I didn't get you with my communication abilities. I think I got you with my, uh, you know, sex abilities. No, you got me with your uh, mysterious emo boy looks back yeah. in, in yeah, school. I'm not going to get into that story right now. It's a little cringy. <laughs> I mean, this about, you know, being authentic, so whatever, but it's just not that interesting, to be honest. I was an oh, ugly yeah. fat boy with zits, and I was hiding my face from the zits uh, with my hair. And, you know, I thought that my haircut was horrible because my forehead was covered with hair. And I only use this haircut to hide my zits. And here's a great example of actually how uh, something you think of as negative can turn out to be positive. So I thought that no girls would really like me with this haircut. But for some weird reason, this weird person that I'm speaking with right now found <laughs> me attractive exactly because of this haircut. And yeah, uh, from there on, we started talking and the rest is history. Uh, the one thing that uh, really uh, interested um, interested me back then was basically your haircut <laughs> with uh, like your uh, mysterious vibe and you and and uh, the way you walk like like you're like this bad boy rebellious emo boy from the school who is the outsider but he thinks like oh i'm so cool and i'm i'm above everyone else it's incredible what kind of perspective you had of me so you're thinking there oh look at how mysterious he is look at how he walks he walks like there's something going on in his head and meanwhile, I'm walking there imagining that I'm, you know, from Assassin's Creed. <laughs> All kinds of stupid things. I'm imitating characters I've seen in the video games I'm playing. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad that you misunderstood me. Because now we're together and we're stuck with each other. And yeah, I noticed that there's some kind of redness happening on your throat area. You know, others listening cannot see this, but her throat is red. And I'm not sure if I should be calling an ambulance right now. What? What are you talking about? I'm not red. You, okay, yeah. See? Okay, over there. See? In the middle? Middle? Yeah, there it is. See? This? Yeah, no. It looks like you scratched it or something. I don't know. Like, I, I, I have nails, probably. No, having nails does mean you automatically scratch everything, but yeah, you could have. In my case, I do. In your case, you do. Yeah, because I'm clumsy. All right, this sometimes. is becoming painful. So unless you have anything you want to add, I'm going to be ending this. Yeah, I think it's better. People had enough of our weirdness. Yeah, we've been talking for around two hours, so that's that's plenty.
But um, yeah, thank you everybody for listening to us. We're two weird people in a weird world, being honest about our weirdness. And see you in the next episode where I'm going to try to find somebody more interesting than uh, Radus over here. Because, Oi. um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just joking, you know. Uh, thank you, Radus, for participating in this from, for, you know, spending so much of your life, like two hours of your life. Jesus. My you had, God. You had nothing better to do. No, 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 no. <laughs> sure. <laughs> And uh, yeah, thank you for being honest. Thank you for participating in this. And yeah, goodbye, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your day, night, or week. Bye. Yeah, what a cringy outro. Bye-bye. I know, bye-bye. <laughs>